0: Amen. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my supporters over at patreon.com slash Pod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. I would also like to thank all the viewers and listeners of the podcast tuning in yet again. This time, I'm very, very pleased to present to you a top 10, dare I say, top five player in the world right now for Super Smash Brothers Melee. This is Lod, a.k.a. Dr. Lod, a.k.a. We're figuring it out still. Just cool and casual graduating from medical school to become a doctor officially just a few few weeks ago congratulations on that lot and thank, thank you so you much, much for joining me how are you tonight
1: good happy to be here thanks for having me
0: i didn't want to forget this but i should have asked you before we started recording we're recording just about 24 hours after the uh, after the news hit about chillin and the fact that he uh, suffered a stroke recently and is currently in recovery and has a long a, a long s- steps of uh, just biggest thing being open heart surgery and i don't know if you wanted to say something to that real quick or not i didn't mean to spring that up on you during recording but if you're okay yeah, with, totally fine. uh-huh okay
1: yeah it's crazy to hear about it. i mean i remember like i tuned into his stream maybe like three four weeks ago and heard him complaining about his knee and i mean it you know he said he was in pain um from what he thought was like a ligament tear or maybe like some swelling wasn't really sure maybe saw like a doctor or two but he seemed to be kind of playing it off as you know not you know something that was an inconvenience to him an inconvenience to him but nothing like too crazy but then to hear all of a sudden that like it blew up to such a disaster it's crazy to hear about i mean you never really think that someone so young um in our scene would have such a disastrous medical catastrophe but you know goes to show that you can never really be too careful Uh, seems like his knee was actually infected and ended up you know spreading to his heart potentially causing like a septic embolus leading to this stroke which is crazy to hear about in someone so young but uh definitely glad that like the smash community is stepping up and providing him a lot of the support financially and emotionally that I'm sure he needs right now.
0: Yes, the Uh, GoFundMe that you're referring to specifically already over $100,000. And that's amazing to see just within 24 hours. And... So for anyone who's interested, you can find that in the description along with all the other links, uh, links that you can find for a lot as well, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to be putting that down there, the GoFundMe for at least the next couple of episodes as we continue to hope for nothing but the best for Chillin and his family and friends. So I was asking also partially because since you came up in the MDVA scene and that's Chillin's backyard, now lives in SoCal, but coming up from mdva as well and more or less being one of the people to help make that a scene in the first place i was just wondering if you have any memories from your earlier days because for people who didn't listen to your radio melee episode they should have and everything else that's been coming out about you recently you've been playing the game a really long time longer than what most people give you credit for i'm just wondering if you have any memories with chillin
1: yeah i used to so chillin is famous for being one of the youngest kids on the block right he beat ken when he was like. Thirteen or something yeah my first tournament was when i was i think 10 or 11 years old and like i used to go to these tournaments where like chillin was one of the celebrities back then uh it was so cool to see him and actually so chuda used to host these bi-weekly tournaments and at his at his house and there was one year where it was like a halloween theme where everyone dressed up in costumes and funnily enough Rishi and I decided to dress up as Asin and Chillin, who were like one of the premier teams back then, because Rishi and I used to look up to them so much. Uh, so I wore like his uh, whatever, like the football jersey he used oh, to wear. Oh, like, the Packers jersey, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers jersey or
0: Favre. You
1: know, like paste or cut out the letters and put it on my chest. He ended up. Rishi carried like Asin's signature bag that he would always carry around with him and stuff. So yeah, I've looked up to Chillin for as long as I can remember. Uh, so it's heartbreaking to see him go through such such a catastrophe.
0: The silver lining being that even with a very long recovery ahead and an open heart surgery, that's 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 super serious. But there seems to be some optimism or, or a lot of optimism on what we're hearing from Chillin's brother that a road to recovery is there and that given time, and I'm sure this is not just a matter of weeks; it'll be months or years, but that recovery is very possible for him. So we'll continue to hope for the best. I wanted to ask you about, about playing for, for this long and making it to this part of your career in melee, where you have been able to prove you can beat the best players. You can be counted among the best players and, and, And why you continue to stick with it. I think you've probably talked about this at length before, but I'm, I'm always curious about people who played Melee for a really long time. I don't picture you as constantly playing the game solely, focusing on it the entire time. I think you lived a lot of your life, of course, going to medical school being just the most recent example and graduating from it, but... I'm always curious about why continue to play. Why, why wouldn't you focus on other things or develop other interests and hobbies as you continue to grow older and mature?
1: I think it's an very exciting project to just take like a skill and see how far you can go with it. Um, like a lot of people consider themselves like Jacks of all trades, where they can do many many things like decently well. Um, but something that I've always uh, resonated with is the idea of just mastering like one or two things so for me my life is very much split into like three compartments first is medicine second is music and third is melee and I just enjoy taking each aspect as far as I can and actually each kind of happens in like bursts throughout my my life um, where I'll kind of invest into like one for like weeks or months or even years at a time before you know going to one of the other ones like for for medical school the first like three years probably almost entirely were devoted to studying medicine and so i didn't you know i tried try to maintain like the music and the melee side of things at the same time but i was just so invested in the medicine side of things that it was kind of hard to balance all three but as soon as like med school slowed down that was a chance for me to like delve into the melee side of things again and so all of a sudden i had like a few month period where i could just devote almost all of my attention into it just to see how far i could push myself and you know i think uh that kind of concept has happened a lot throughout my career because like similarly in college like uh there was a few year time span where i didn't put too much time into smash but then as soon as my senior year hit and then the year after college when i took a gap year to work. Um, I put so much more time into Melee just to see how far I could go. And that was also like a big spike in my career. Uh, because in 2018 I won um even bigger belt, which is like a SoCal tournament where I had ended up beating like top 10 level players. Uh when back then I was considered like maybe top 30 or 40 in the world. Um, and so I think like I bounce back and forth between those three aspects of my life but definitely I always find a way to like you know hone in on one of them when I have time and then just see how far I can go and
0: something that I'll always give Melee credit for is that there's always more for you to discover to play to get into I think especially because it seems to change even by the month it feels like I would say ever since Slippy released, to me, it feels like there's something new to focus on in in every month and that may not be true. Maybe we're just rediscovering different things that, oh, this was talked about years ago, but now it's finally starting to be applied in a broader sense because people are finally starting to learn how to do it because... Shield dropping—that's a classic example. Most people would have said, "Okay, to save a couple of frames, who needs that?" But now <laughs> it's standard. Everybody needs to be able to shield drop if you want to continue to advance your game to the next level. Maybe not talking mm-hmm. from a beginner perspective, but you understand what I'm saying. If you're
1: yeah,
0: definitely able to able to learn other things down and then get going. And actually, I want to ask you about your Medify, your Medify.gg slash at LOD, you are offering lessons. I'm curious about what you consider to be the ideal student or if you're more focusing on, hey, whoever wants to go to the Medify and get a lesson with me, I'm I'm more than happy to take you up on that and to teach you whatever you want to bring forward to me in terms of what you want to learn.
1: So my lessons, I think, are actually very different from what most other Smash coaches do. Uh, My lessons are very much... Put your controller away, put your VODs of your own gameplay away, and let's talk about what optimal melee looks like. What the ideal game plan is between your character and your opponent's character. So, based on the data of the game, based on the data of the matchups, so things like kill percents, combo strings, and interactions just true data about the game and about the matchup. And how can you expand on that once you actually have humans controlling the characters? So thinking about like neutral game, mind games, conditioning, how that all superimposes on the data. And if you can incorporate all of that together, then you can ultimately create the ideal game plan. And so my lessons revolve around that concept that I do think it's possible to create the ideal game plan based on, uh, all of the above topics and so that's what a lot of my lesson plans are and so my ideal student is someone who's able to like you know put their controller away and actually talk about the game <laughs> without a controller in their hand which you think is easy it's actually one of the hardest things you can do um it's like picturing in your head what the game should look like like it's, what you're yeah if you're not visual i'm
0: like. sure it's tough
1: yeah um but i think that that, on its own, is enough of a challenge to make my lessons worth it, but uh, definitely can spark some very interesting conversations, as well as set the foundation for what I think is the most optimal uh, method of improvement. You're, um, so.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I Not wanted to cover. ask about your time at William & Mary, because your successor, Bard, a.k.a. Neil, who, who took over for being president at William & Mary uh, for the Melee Club, the Smash Club that you founded. So that's super cool. You you were talking about teaching just now, and it seems to date back to William & Mary. Is that when you first started saying, I want to formally teach people, I want to put up the whiteboard and start pointing at things and go, you need to do this when you're playing against Peach or as Peach?
1: Oh, yeah. So so I I did end up writing my guide to improvement, which I think is pretty widespread at this point. Um, But that guide, it started as a lecture series like an actual extra series that I gave to William and Mary Smash cuz back then like we you know just created our Smash club and there were so many people who were interested but everyone was at a different skill level and I was thinking like okay it's not really fun for like brand new players to just walk in and get destroyed by mom like for 3 hours straight and so <laughs> I thought that what we could do to at least set everyone at like you know as not a similar skill level but at least a similar like understanding of the game being able to talk about like what actual what an actual edge guard is or like what the concept of neutral game is and so i ended up like giving i think it was four or five lectures which i think are still on youtube funny enough um of just like you know what is the terminology what is the proper way to like compartmentalize the game into things like true neutral game versus like edge guarding recovery punish game that kind of stuff Um, And just like the conversations that uh, sparked from that lecture series ended up developing into what I think is like a very high-level understanding of what neutral game is. And so thanks to all of those, like the people who would ask good questions, the people who would, you know, uh, cheer me by letting me tell my spiel in different ways and in different matchups and in different, you know, with different ideas spun into it, I ended up creating this like, actual tangible idea of what improvement should be with this game and so a lot of my like uh ideas of improvement in neutral game definitely stem from my time with the william mary smash club so
0: something that i wanted to get to specifically from neil this was a patreon question so shout out to neil how does your time spent as president of the smash club at william mary stack up compared to the other roles you have filled in the community
1: Hmm. It was definitely a lot of pressure being president of the William and Mary Smash Club. Not so much because, um, or not so much due to dealing with like the people of the Smash Club itself, since the people were phenomenal members. Like they contributed a lot, they were very selfless, especially when it came to things like moving around the TVs and the other logistical stuff. I think the hardest part was just like, being the liaison between our Smash club and other Smash clubs and other Smash scenes, because back then, for whatever reason, like the Southern Virginia area was a little bit antagonistic towards us towards our beginning, uh, as a club. I'm not really sure why. It might have just been a pride thing. Um, but it was tough to kind of integrate our scene with like the wider geographic area. Um, a lot of it fell on my shoulders, not as a not as a president, but more of just like as a player of our scene to like prove that, yes, we can compete with you all. Um, and once we got past that initial barrier, then it was a lot easier to assimilate amongst the rest of the southern Virginia area. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean running the running the club actually was very easy just because we had a lot of very proactive members.
0: meritocracy. I mean, even right there, somebody, I mean, I don't know how I would react if I were saying, Oh, this is so cool. We got people at this in this school that want to make a club for playing smash. It's awesome. Hey, other club at other school, let's, let's do some crew battles or something. Right. And then they just go, nah,
1: what the heck? I know. Yeah. There was like a whole, there was so much drama when we were creating our club and creating our scene. Um, there were, like, these people who were like, no, like, you all are terrible. Like, there's no way you would ever be power-ranked in, the, South- the like, the Southern Virginia rankings. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you never compete with us. And, like, don't even challenged me to a $100 money match to prove how bad we were. And, of course, I destroyed them. Yes, um, let's go. <laughs> I even, like, they're a Young Link player. I even switched to Young Link game three because no, I was beating did. them so hard <laughs> on the beach. And I destroyed them in the ditto. And I was like, all right this should set the tone for like, you know, you no longer have the right to trash talk anyone. So, uh, uh, yeah, once, once we got past that barrier, then it was it was a lot better.
0: <laughs> Follow-up question from Neil. Was being that in that position at William & Mary, was that uh, more or less rewarding when compared to competing or teaching uh, in Melee? And I realize that is a tricky question because they're beneficial in different ways, but um, however you want to take that.
1: Uh, I think of all of them, I find teaching to be the most rewarding. And there was a lot of teaching involved in being president, because you know, it like if I were, um, like if I were president while also not being like a competitor, I think I would have still done a lot of the same things, um, like still a lot of run, still run a lot of the same events, still try to maintain a lot of the community outreach, still delegated a lot to my fellow members um but i think like my role as teacher i think was um what i thought was the most fun and the most rewarding um just cuz it was a chance for me to try to grow the scene um and improve the scene in ways that i don't think just like just a president would be able to do if that makes sense i think being able to like you know sit down with someone and actually talk about their thoughts about the game and what i think their thoughts about the game are or what they should be like that could, that kind of conversation i think was a lot more meaningful for me
0: so this is another question from kree stab now uh, another patron sub of conduit gaming shoutouts how do you balance the whole professional melee player with also the career of being a doctor and i think uh you've had a break here for the past couple of months since you finished up with medical school and graduating, but I think you're going to have a better idea of what life is going to start to look like in the near future. Maybe you can talk about that and what you think it's going to look like going in. Of course, you're not in it right now yet. As far as I'm, as far as I'm aware. So maybe you can talk about that specifically about what you think it's going to look like of trying to balance your, your all the things that you categorize as hobbies and interests versus what you're doing as a career.
1: Yeah, so I think the hardest part was maintaining my Smash skill when I did not have time to play. And I think that's something that I am very good at. Um, a lot of it has to do with my methods of improvement. They're all objective things that I have improved on. I never feel like I have to cram or that I have to like get lucky or that I hope I'm playing well on a certain day um, just because the way that I've approached the game makes it feel like I'm always getting better and never getting any worse, even if I find myself not picking up a controller for months at a time. Um, And so, like, a good example was last year, right before the Smash World Tour um, qualifiers in the end of October, I just came off of, like, five months of audition rotations, which are, like, in a fourth-year medical student's perspective, your, your chance to spend time at various hospitals effectively begging the residency to hire you yeah yeah (laughs) you're spending like 24 7 like doing everything you can to shine and stand out and like i didn't play like at all from pretty much like june through the end of october um and so yeah and so like when i went to the yeah like when i went to the championships Mm -hmm. like i was extremely rusty but i still beat so many good people and i think i got like fifth at the event or something And so, a lot of that just has to do with how I've approached the game, and how I don't really rust. Um, And like I'm sure people in the comments are going to be like, "Oh, you know, you play Peach, you don't, you have no tech skill." And then you know, watch watch my hands, and then tell me that again. But uh, I think that's like the main reason why I've been able to stay relevant is just because my method of improvement has been so so solid and so, like, objective and so consistent. And when I actually do have time to play the game, you can see just how, like, effective it is um, because in the past few months when I've actually had time to play, I've, like, gotten exponentially better, rising from, like, a top 30-level player to, like, a top 10-level player, which people argue is, like, probably the hardest uh, gap to climb. And so uh, I think it all just comes down to how effectively and how efficiently you can use your time. Um, I'm not really the type of person to just, you know, play unranked for like 10 hours a day and expect good results because that's not how you're supposed to improve. Uh, There's a lot more tangible things you can be doing with your time that ends up being a lot more effective in the long run. If that you want does. to know what those things are, sign up for my <laughs> <notified> <laughs> lessons. that does sort of
0: answer the next question that kristab have about advice for players who also have the full-time job life while trying to balance improving at melee and so we'll skip that question and go to Kreastab's last question which is on a separate note how does Lodge short hop with Z jump? What's the hand posture? So what we're going to do is, do you have your controller? Can I switch it to full screen mode where it's yeah, just your quiet. camera? And you I can show th- us how. What are you, how are you holding your controller? I don't short hop with Z. You don't short hop with Z? Okay, so I'm going to put it on full screen. Boom. <laughs> so can you show us how you short hop with your controller?
1: Can you see this? That's it. <laughs> I tap jump. I tap jump to short hop.
0: I should uh, take the shot one more time. No, I'm kidding. You're, yeah. that, was, that was plenty of demonstrations. Several short hops with
1: the tap jump. Oh, yeah, my god. So I never have that problem of pressing Z too quickly. No, I only full hop with Z because it starts my flute. And so I can control the height by just pressing down whatever I want. But I short hop with tap jump. And so this whole dis- like discussion about what's easy, what's hard, it's very different for me just because I... Actually, find uses for cap jump, Y, and Z, like all in the same game. I, I pretty much use all three uh, for specific uses.
0: Wow, wow, wow! That's impressive. Yeah. I, it's
1: very not impressive. It's bad, but it's just versatile.
0: You are a versatile gamer, lad. Uh, last topic, which is uh, something that really intrigued me. After your exit from Loser's Bracket at Smash Summit 13, you said. I don't have the heart of a champion yet or something to that effect. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. remember that when you went downstairs and you were talking with the couch, but I was really intrigued to hear that because I I would be just curious for you to like expand your thoughts on that. If you've had time to think about what, what what did you mean when you were talking about just you were coming at the end of a, of a tournament performance where you played more sets than anybody else and only finishing I think fifth place or fourth, if I recall correctly. And yet somehow you played the most sets out of anybody. So I'm just curious what that, what that meant for you when you said that.
1: So I think when I think of people with the heart of a champion, the two people that come to mind are Armada and Zane. where it feels like no matter how much they're pushed, how many advantages their opponents have over them, whether it's like the amount of preparation or, uh, like environmental conditions or bracket luck or whatever it is, they always play to win and they always expect that they're going to win. And so, I think like those two things, like expecting to win and always playing to win, is something that only they two have. I don't think anyone else plays like that, where they just they won't make excuses if they lose. They will instead just figure out what they should be doing instead um, and it always seems like they're giving like 200% uh, of their attention span, of their effort when it comes to taking home the W. Like there's so many sets where people got so close to beating Armada and Armada like pushed his glasses up and like, leaned <laughs> forward and then just destroyed them. Yes. Uh, and like, it feels the same way with Zayn, where it's just like, you just, you can't... Uh, you can't like knock him off his stability. It's just insane how consistent these players are, and they always play like they deserve to win. And that's not something that I have yet. I think with experience, with more well-rounded game plans, maybe it'll happen one day, Um, but currently it feels like the way that I play is... Come in with a very strong, well-thought-out game plan. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, let me change a few things until it does work. And if that doesn't work, then I'm lost. But it feels feel like, like players... Oh, sorry, like, go um, ahead. Yeah, it feels like players like Armada and Zane like, never stop until they win, if that makes sense. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, it's like, whatever I'm doing is just not working. I need to, like, go home and think about it.
0: And I was thinking about how Armada mostly played Peach, and obviously Fox is a counterpick character, Zane plays as Marth, characters that you wouldn't necessarily assign to I don't I don't want to say that someone who plays expecting to win also has to play as a, an aggressive character like Fox or Falco or, or, or Falcon, but I'm almost starting to do that in my brain. And so that's why I feel like I should be even more impressed by how Armada and Zane play, because they're playing with characters who do have to be very mindful about defense and be careful not to be overwhelmed by someone who's just going in all the time. So, for you, you're playing as Peach, and you're pretty committed to the character, uh, other than the occasional blowing of PPMD's mind with the Yoshi stuff, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that second follow-up episode in yeah. the future, but uh, you're, you're very much committed to Peach, and so I'm curious about how you continue to play, what what you think a next step might look like for you if you go to a tournament where you say, I want to sort of focus on on the mentality of playing like expecting to win, or what you think that next step is going to look like for you, or maybe you don't know right now.
1: Um, it's tough to say right now because it it feels like the people that uh that beat me like are better than me, if that makes sense. It does. It never really feels like I'm getting upset too much. It never really feels like uh like anyone really has my number unless they're solidly better than me at this point. And so it's it's tough for me to even practice that kind of mentality. Unless I play against those people more often, uh, and so that'll probably be the challenge for me from now on. Is that I'll be able to like, you know, compete every so often, but I'll only have the chance to play against the people who are for sure better than me, maybe you know, once in a blue moon. Yes. Um, so I think mean that's that's hard to practice, and it's definitely hard to do if you can't be in that environment consistently cuz like I was getting better and better at developing my heart of the champion as I was entering these nationals over and over again um but I like I don't know what my next tournament's going to be and so it'll be hard for me to like remember what that feeling is like and you know adjusting it a little bit for the next time just cuz it's going to be a lot of time in between
0: but regardless of how you eventually get to that spot, I feel as if you're going to get there someday. Because if you've spent 16 plus years playing melee in and out and continue to get better over time, then I don't think you're going to be putting down the game in a year. <laughs> or so I'm excited to see whatever the next tournament happens to be for you. We'll all be excited to see you back in bracket again. And to to wrap us up, please tell the people where they can find you and get updates. And, uh,
1: All the adorable pictures of your cats. I know, they're so cute. Yeah, so feel free to follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash LOD74. Sign up for lessons at Medify, medify.gg slash at LOD, and follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash LOD74. Thanks for your support, everyone, and thank you for this interview. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yes, thank you so much for everybody for joining us on Bottom of Smash Mountain.